Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, I want to make something clear, first of all. Um, Blake is not with us. Um, he's actually refusing to come online anymore until Eddie Jones is fired. Isn't that the read that you got, Jim? He's on a boycott. Mm, I wonder he's who boycotting he got all things rugby. That's outrageous, um, mate. Until Eddie's gone. He actually went to the press conference in Coogee, Blake. And did he? Hasn't uh, been seen since. <laughs> oh shit! Maybe we should touch base, uh, touch base with them. But uh, hopefully, had a good time in the in the eastern suburbs. But look, I know we're we are going to talk about Eddie, and it'd be remiss of us um, to not. Uh, but I think we need to remember that we are the rugby report card, and I want to talk about rugby. Like we've talked about this World Cup, and it's had had its ebbs and flows, and we've talked about the draw and what have you. But I want to get back to rugby. How spectacular! Uh, well, particularly those two games. And by those two games, I mean Wales, Argentina and England, Fiji. How spectacular were they on the weekend? It's the pinnacle. It's it's the apex. For it to come to a head like it did in the biggest competition in rugby union was written by the gods themselves. For it to be exactly what it was at the time that it was, was foretold, carved in stone, by the origins of our great game. It was written there and it played out as they predicted and it was it was worth the wait. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we're talking about the two uh, big games, New Zealand, France and South Africa. Uh, sorry, South Africa, France and, and New Zealand, Ireland. And it's funny you talk about gods. Like seriously, those Bocky boys are ripped and in shape. And in shape. They are carved out of stone. They are some fit boys, that Bocky team, aren't they? They, 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 they really are. Look, that game, mate. Fuck, you got to feel for France in that one. I reckon Ireland were outright beat. Hmm. That that was the team that couldn't really say anything. They were beaten that day. Hmm. Um, a few decisions, you know. We, I don't want to dwell too much on them because they do take away from the spectacle. But France hurting, absolutely hmm. hurting. I think um, the the thing is, before we get into the nitty gritty of the games, I think it just reminded me though that. And it's such a cliche thing I'm going to say, but sport is all about, you know, the real top level, the, the elite level, it's all about those those micro moments, those uh, swings of momentum. It's all about inches. It's all about those little minutes. And, and unfortunately, there were just occasions where Ireland or France just didn't execute completely um, to the highest echelon to play the perfect game, to use that other analogy or cliche, to beat the other two, because... Uh, it just came down to the smallest of margins and great game. And it wasn't, it was like it was two poor games that it came down to those minor things. It was two great games that both players were playing at an unbelievable level, but just the smallest things were the separator, paper thin between the, the teams. It, what stood out to me is how much of it is actually a game, a bit of a game of four quarters, these epic battles. Like if mm. you take you take the France-South um, Africa game, mate, the Bockies were landing the first shot, a quick fire shoot, um, like really getting on the front foot, getting some points on the board. If France couldn't compete at that pace, at that level in the first 20, we don't have the game that we have in the 60th. The, the, the rugby play between the 60th and the 80th, the 70th to the 80th, is not by any stretch the same rugby you see in the first half. It's a completely different game. Mm. It's completely turned on its head, and you need to be able to compete in all four types of the game that could present a fast start. You got to back that up. You got to hit back. If you don't, you're 14 points down in a completely style of rugby where 14 points 
is really, really hard to achieve in the 70th. Mm. It like, was interesting, though, that you talk about fast start because you're absolutely right, but both teams had a really fast start. Like, you think it was like there's four tries after like 22 minutes or something ridiculous, uh, which showed to me like the nerves because there was brilliance, but there's also a few mistakes as well within it. But it was like... Um, one team would score and then the other team it was like basketball your turn my turn your turn it was a great spectacle. it really was it was like you know gone on the days where we think of the bocce slowing the ball down and we talked to obviously harry, harry jones the other day picking this uber attacking fit team you know so much pace and everything but it was so evident and just getting over the game line and just as i say it was it was super rugby on on drugs it was just for that first 20 minute 22 minutes um, but it surprised me, or even 26, there was five tries after that period of time. But it surprised me the lack of control, though. It was like, um, you know, the ability to secure a restart, slow the game time. It was like the kids were in a candy shop. You know, we just like, as I say, just too excited to to do certain things. But maybe that was because of Ben O'Keefe as well. But it was a great 22, yeah. great, great 20 odd minutes. But um, yeah, wonderful game of rugby. Yeah, the execution of skill at that level like that jesse krill grubber mate divine intervention oh, the, the gods the gods were in paris this weekend they were there watching puppeteering even do you know what as you talk about it uh the puppeteering and playing that game the one thing i would like to say is that the defense by the way by both the bockies and and i know we're, we're jumping around here but that's what we do the defence from both the Bockies and the Kiwis at times was was immense. You know, you think about France having a greater amount of territory in the game, and you saw obviously those minutes in the Island game how long they kept kept possession for. I didn't think the Kiwis had it in them, um, but the defence by both teams, the the work at the breakdown to slow the ball down at times, give away tactical penalties from both teams, I thought was was awesome at times, and kudos to them, mate. Yeah, it, it isn't wrong to jump around both games had their similarities. They, they mm. were quite parallel, really, because, you know, Kiwis losing to France in the first round, South mm. Africa losing to Ireland in the second round. Mm. Um, or was it the first? Not fuck, who knows? This comp goes for so long. They have common. And when I was punting, I was like, man, I, you can't underestimate that in a World Cup court tournament because there's something about being beaten that – that, that gets the team to show up to training going, fuck, what we did, that training week that we had, it wasn't good enough. There's yeah. an edge. There's a grit that comes to those simple drills of, like, fuck, we need to do better than we just did, where Ireland and France, they walk around thinking what we have been doing is good enough. If we just stick to what we do, it is mm. good enough. And the grit is always going to win at the end of the day. Even yeah. though we're talking fine margins, that shit, it's the immeasurables, the intangibles, that's what yeah. matters. That's the thing, because you know what? I stand by my point. The defense in, uh, at times was was amazing, but if you look at the Bocky team, for example, I'm just trying to add some more stats in it. After uh, someone threw uh, some shade over my statistic ability last week, you know, uh, Jim. Uh, <laughs> but uh, looking at the fact that you know uh, South Africa missed 43 tackles, you know, 71 percent success rate uh, out of a hundred, you know, 158 tackles. That's an obscene amount of tackles. But the thing about the Bocky's team is though, their depth is just insane. So it's like, you know, other teams where they'd be making that many tackles or even missing that many tackles, um, and then you've got the bench reducing the quality coming on. You're like, oh, or maybe you feel the fact that they've, uh, they're going to be, they played their final and then they're going to reduce next week. Their 23-man squad, or, or even bigger than that, is just 
33-man squad, if you kill Pollard, it's just unreal. You know, it's just, they're just a, a, a beast. To use your word, you know, in terms of godlike. The gods. Their full squad is godlike, surely. They're, they're very, very well coached, in mm. impeccable shape and incredibly prepared. Mm. Everyone's Love. beatable, but that is a tough feat. Mm. What's your feel about Rassi at the moment? You know, you talk about being well coached. You like his, uh, uh, do you like his ploy behind the game, before the game, trying to psych out the French kickers? And now he's following England on Twitter. He's already picked England's. T- uh, he's already picked England's team. What are you? What are you? Are you loving Look, Rassi at the moment? Great for the fans, mate. Fans get all about it. Fucking, that's a great yarn. I don't think the players even know that that's going on. <laughs> Right, all that Twitter shit. Like they must be so in their camp and so in their circle. They're not. They don't have time to pay any attention to what Rassi's doing. Like it just wouldn't even come in there. The only way it would break in is at a press conference if a journo sneaks a question in. But it's gone as soon as it comes. Those guys are so focused, man. Particularly at the back end of this comp, like it's all on. It was um, and look, someone was gonna have a go. Not have a go. We'll we'll be able to tell me that was. I was reading something the other day. There was a, I think it was Graham Henry, I think it was, or Steve Hansen of the Kiwis. He used to do it, and he didn't mean to do it, but just walk around. And it was like, I think it was an Irish player, maybe Ronan. Um, it's a terrible yarn I'm telling right now. But he said he did notice it. It actually did put him off in, in the preparation in the warm-up to a game, which I thought was really, really? interesting. Yeah. Mate, that's weak. What, it's weak. It's a weak mind. So, fuck good on Rassi. Mm. I wouldn't accept that as a coach. That would upset me greatly. Um, talk about let's delve into just you you mentioned referees before I have to say because I'm going to jump across to New Zealand Ireland um, I know Arden um, Irish and Kiwi um, fans will probably disagree with me but I thought Wayne Barnes did a great job refereeing I thought it was pretty fair there were uh, calls which because of the subjective nature of rugby could be it could have gone either way and people all argue the fact that uh, Whitelock didn't release uh, for that last one, or there was the scrum penalty which he missed. But I thought Wayne Barnes did a really good job, and his communication is so good that I thought it's a shame he can't referee referee every week. You know, which is a shame because I thought he handled the the intensity of that game um, really, really well. Yeah, made some pretty key decisions. He made decisions quickly. It is a tense atmosphere. It is a fast-paced atmosphere. How you stay in shape to be of sound mind and body is beyond me. It's not a job that I could do. But, look, generally speaking, did a great performance. I think he uh, um, he outshone his counterparts across the weekend. And I don't know who's locked in for the World Cup, the actual final, but, fuck, surely he's the front runner at this moment. Well, England's going to get there, so he obviously can't referee that game. So uh, it'd be a shame for him there. But uh... um, mate, You reckon he's rooting for England? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> no one's rooting for England. All right. Um, I've seen the poll on Twitter. I can see we're we're uh, we're fourth in the list of uh, uh, people wanting us to win. And I even like the whoever said it. It was whatever order: Argentina, New Zealand, Springbok, then daylight, uh, lots of daylight, and then England. That's how much people hate England. So thank you for mm. your support, everyone out there. Um, mm. Talking about the New Zealand Island game, I have to give props. No pun intended to to Sam Kane. There's been many times where I feel like players and the media and supporters have questioned his role within that team. He's been injured for a while. He hasn't always been at his best, questioned whether he should be captured. I thought he was absolutely outstanding on the weekend, um, led by example for the time that he was on the pitch. Obviously, 
um, he got the place, but he was he was incredible, wasn't he? That's right. Twenty two tackles, work rate through the roof. He was timing at the ruck was impeccable. Mate, you need your captain to pull an innings like that together at, mm. on a stage that big. Like you got your town two cards like through the fucking roof. He would have been working. And when your rig looks like that, that shit don't come easy. But you look up at the stadium, mate. Who's there? Fucking Richie mm. McCall. Richie McCall, the greatest seven in New Zealand history, is watching. If the not greatest now, seven when? of all time. If this, if not now, when you know, as the World mm. Cup quarters champion. Mm. You, you know what? It, it wasn't just him. And we, we talked about this before on a podcast, talking, and quite rightly, um, DuPont has been amazing for France and is an amazing player. He almost did it for him, didn't he? And he almost did it for him. But someone who piggybacked off Sam Kane's excellent, and obviously has been captain, this is my segue, just when Artie Savard just wants something, I just feel like, and he starts to talk, everyone just clambers on his back and he says come on boys jump on let's go we got this boys because uh, right. he was incredible as a um, you know throughout the game and look statistically there he he shows up but you know always those things that the intangibles to use your phraseology don't don't, uh, don't show up in the stat sheet i thought he was awesome just yeah the, the unspoken gem the unspoken cornerstone to this box this kiwi team is just how yeah you got one captain but for all the values and good things that a leader can have, like they're spread out across mm. some key players. Where mm. Sam Kane falls, Artie Save stands up. Mm. Where Artie falls, Bowden Barrett stands up. Mm. When Bowden's down, like Aaron Smith, he gets mm. up. Like he's some some key experience, some key leaders with different strengths. Mm. Um, they're it's all there. And and Artie's the type of player, type of leader, follow me, like you said, do as I do. Aaron Smith, Mr. Enthusiasm, he's screaming at the boys when they're all on the floor and they've won a mall, ruck or scrum. Mm. Like there's someone at every aspect of that game is picking everyone up if they're ever to fall. Mm. Um, and, look, this isn't the best Kiwi side that we've ever seen in terms of how well they're playing together form-wise. Mm. Um, but, mate, we've seen I, – I kept thinking we've seen the best Kiwi team not play well. When they lost mm. to France, that forward pass – couple of world cups back like we've seen them fall at key times um and look fuck not to project too far but it's a done deal man this is a bocky key world cup final is it not that's outrageous man that's disrespectful to argentina and england man we are in the fight until we're not after about 25 minutes but uh not what, based not based off what i've seen champion we'll do this in a minute but just like, like. <laughs> um just one thing to your point though like we talked about it with, with again last week you're right. That big, that big um, game experience is is so vital. Like they talk about the fact that you know Six Nations is one thing, Rugby Championship is another thing. Um, you know URC, Heineken Cup, or whatever it's called now. Like there was so many they their layers, but to get to a quarterfinal or a Rugby World Cup and you've never won it, you don't know how you're going to be until you get there. But the, clearly, the Kiwis know it's that winning spirit. Um, and Ireland, unfortunately, fell at a hurdle. And again, you can complain about the draw, but they still fell. And that narrative that will be fielded that the Irish cannot get over that hurdle will continue until they do it. Um, and I want to ask you, in, in the most simple way, is this World Cup a failure for Ireland? Yes or no? Because they haven't broken the curse of the quarterfinal. Yes. I think it's that clear. I reckon they would tell you that too. If they mm. were sitting here, Sexton was on the podcast, which we're trying to tee up for next week. Fuck the lies I say. <laughs> um, 
he uh, <laughs> he would say the if same he's thing. If we, he's did not, we didn't achieve what we wanted. This was a failure. Yeah, those mm. words are harsh. Failure is a hard word to hear, but absolutely you're right. They mm. wanted to win that team, and as they should have, their goal, their standard should have been to win the World Cup, and they didn't. They failed, and France mm. are exactly the fucking same. But what a World Cup where we have four teams that that was a reasonable goal to have. Mm. And that's and, and that's been amazing about this World Cup in a way that it hasn't been an obvious one. It was it always used to be one daylight and then everybody else, whereas this one, the four have been so close. And look, you know what? We talk about the fact that I know some people up north have been saying that Clive Woodward came out with some stupid comment that the northern teams were going to dominate. Who gives a shit? Let's focus on this, on the game. And whether you're northern hemisphere, southern hemisphere is just a great spectacle. But you're right. Unfortunately for Ireland, it is a failure. And it'd be interesting to see where they go from here because with Johnny Sexton retiring and kudos to him, doth my captain, great career, etc., just didn't get it done. And that's a harsh reality. But it's interesting to see where this Irish team go moving forward because the coaching is there. Like I trust like Farrell and Cat and Paul O'Connell and stuff to a point. But it's those that experience, as we said, the players have got to get over the line. And it's four years is a long time to then continue to build to get to this point. You know? Mate, most of their most of their stars are the old guard. I, I'm not too across who's coming in, but I reckon the mantra in the Irish camp needs to be make this loss a battle, not a war. We lost mm. the battle, but we didn't win the war. We've got to. The, the, the distance Irish rugby has come in the mm. past sort of four, six years is huge. They're a fucking mm. top nation, mate. They're a small mm. nation. Mm. Um, this needs to be a, a, a loss battle more than a war battle. Oh, they've, got to, they've got to pick them up, mate. Four years come down here. They, they won three in a row down here last time they were here. <laughs> uh, they're going to probably win in two years the british lions but yeah. clive woodward just to address that mate he's the prick of the north isn't he he's just the north david campisi yeah he is but he'll always dine out on the fact that he won a rugby world cup and so therefore he holds so much just clout. gives you a blank check yeah man. it really just does a blank check forever <laughs> it, really, it really does sexton um, says that shit and four he's really like, shut up man what the fuck do you know yeah quarter <laughs> quarter final and out mate shut up um, and that's the that's the crazy thing. But look, the best team in the world, and I'm not saying Ireland are, but the best team in the world. Do you think many, New Zealand have won? Obviously, three World Cups, and but they could have won every year. So a World Cup is it's it's the lucky dip of how the decisions go on the day, and you can blame lots of things. But the Irish can't really have anything to blame too much. It just didn't execute to the the, the level as what they potentially were capable of. Uh, but great spectacle, and uh, uh, the chances of those two games being semi-finals. You know, yeah, worthy, you can say worthy of being semifinals, worthy of being a final, absolutely. But just loved the fact that we got to watch them because a freak result may have occurred. Obviously, you know, you've heard in a quarterfinal, that semifinal never may have happened. So at least we got to see that battle because it, it was great and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Brilliant um, spectacle. Just jump across um, to the England game. Uh, I woke up and... And uh, was thinking England were nice and comfortable cruising along. Um, um, England doing England things in regards to not the most attractive or aesthetically pleasing game, but that's not England at the moment. Steve Borthwick trying to do the sensible thing, go back to basics, uh, set piece, etc. And then suddenly uh, the Fijians just scored, and what a couple of tries they were! That particular one by um, who was it? Uh, Villamy Matai's a particular try. The dummy and try showed what Fiji are all about, but thankfully England held on. Um, so does it in, does it instill you with confidence that there uh, there's still room left for England to grow in this comp? Um, absolutely not. No, I don't. I like if we're being honest. 
Um, England have done what England need to do. They were in a poor pool, as we know, and played Argentina first when they weren't playing great, which was advantageous. Had a man sent off, dropped gold our way to victory. The other teams have not been great. But if you look at it really objectively, struggled against uh, Samoa, could have lost against Samoa, um, played Fiji, could have lost on another day against Fiji. <laughs> like, we're, But we've managed to get ourselves to a, to a semi-final. So. It's a fucking comedy. It's just the other end of this comp, mate. We're just the two of the greatest games you'll ever watch on earth. And then you've got England just tripping over themselves, <laughs> fucking stumbling in the Bradburys of the uh, World Cup. Hey, mate, he's lauded in this country. He's had a saying, the Bradbury's, like you're doing a Bradbury. I'm more than happy if we walk away with the Webb Ellis trophy. I will be lauding it over you two for a long time, that it's our worst team in probably two decades and the fact is we won. But we definitely won't. Um, but it was but you, know what, fuck, you know what kills me about this shit? What Eng- England, whatever. But what kills me is Eddie sitting at home, man. Could you go and like, yeah, that, that's because I, tr- I, I did that. I trained them up. This is all my plan, my strategy, my hard work leading into this comp. Fuck you, man. Yeah, could I just say for the record, that's definitely uh, crazy. If he even thinks that, that's, that's there is there cool. is absolutely no doubt, not a shadow of a doubt, that he is not thinking that. That is one hundred percent what he is telling himself on his couch. Do, do you know what? To quote him from the other day, from yesterday. If he doesn't give himself an uppercut for thinking that he has molded this England team, that is crazy, man. You know, but uh, uh, look, it's England are doing are doing average, but they've got to a semi final, and it's one of those things. If you remember back to two thousand and seven, it wasn't last time it was in France. England were pretty shit, and England beat Australia in the quarter final because we could scrummage and Australia couldn't, and we struggled. And then again, I think we beat France in a semi and played South Africa in the final, but. We weren't great, but we still managed to get to the final. But it papered over a, a lot of the cracks that were there because, you know, we all look towards a World Cup. I hope that doesn't happen this time. You know, yes, we got to a semi-final. Awesome. That will that is where it will end. But wholesale changes in terms of pathways, um, in terms of the style of play, in terms of all those things. Hopefully, they will. Um, uh, obviously, they will change. But be remiss. You know, we've mentioned Fiji before. Um, Simon Raloui is is not not um, obviously getting a new contract next year. I saw the other day he's off contract. Be interesting to see where he ends up because he is his his stock, as we said before, has risen exponentially. Yeah, which is what is great about these Islander nations who and these second tier nations. You know, it's a real opportunity for people to sort of announce themselves on a global stage and set up mm. some form of opportunity following the World Cup. Like it's understated how um what they what is on show here as much as it mm. is playing and representing your country, mate. These boys, mate, all they need is someone watching. Mm. And the, look, and the thing is, what I love about the fact that what he's done, and we've said it before, is the fact that there's that mixture now of uh, Fijian flair, which has always been a cliche that we've talked about, but also the, the, the set piece is developing, the pathways are improving. Kudos to Australia. Uh, I put more money I saw in over the last few days into obviously Pacific Islander rugby, which is great. Um, what I don't want to say, and the, the Drew would be great. <laughs> um, but, um, you know, it's, it's, hopefully this is the building block. Are we always, I think, like always talks about Georgia going, getting into the six nations. Fiji need to now be in the rugby championship. Um, I think for them to continue their growth, you know, play, having the Drew in the, in the Pacific, uh, in, um, Super Rugby is great, but they need to be in the rugby championship now. And they need as much tier one rugby. We want to remove that title. We want to make them a tier one nation. Uh, and get them playing high-level rugby for them to be successful. 
Yeah, looking at this Wales and Argentina game, man, they were down 10 points, was it not? Like the heart that these boys showed, proper true to checker style. True to checker style. Like the momentum just swang and Wales could not get it back in their favour. You know, their, their downfall in the electric nature and, and benefits of having an electric attack, like just this one-dimensional sort of we'll grind it through. Argentina have been traditionally a team that struggled to get phases together and consistency across the 80. But, look, mate, that Sanchez intercept was a fucking throwback for Palenti. Um, they, they've done really well here, Argentina, and this is this is a huge, huge victory for them, uh, one that a lot of punters didn't see coming. The line was definitely swinging Wales' way. But, um, look, maybe the comp was too long for them. Too many big encounters. You know, maybe it's a little bit to do with that mindset thing where what we've been doing is good enough. Nothing needs to change. We're a winning team. Where Argentina it's, it's just injuries, had that grit. Mate. I think it's injuries as well. Like, and no disrespect, like Wales are fantastic. They've done really well. Gatland has, has brought them back from, from obviously nowhere. But it's also the fact that when you lose some big players, uh, literally and metaphorically with uh, Falatau and Anscombe, um, I think that's just that's when when the game gets close and the crunch when you get to the crunch. I just think that they 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 struggle. They don't have. We talk about the Bockies having huge depth. It's just uh, the Welsh don't have that bigger that 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 stronger bench. And when the momentum change, you know, rugby's all about momentum change. When uh, when Argentina started to get on the front foot and started to make that those movements, Wales didn't have the players off the bench to arrest that change. Um, really, yes, they scored the one try in the fifty fifth. That uh, Thomas Williams, but there was there was too many other things going um, going in Argentina's favour at that time. So, congratulations to them. Um, I don't want them to win the World Cup because I can't live with the fact that they can win the football World Cup and the Rugby World Cup. And I have an Argentinian, ah. I have an Argentinian colleague at work, and it, she would it'd be a nightmare having to work with her for this length of time if they win both of the major World Cups in the world. And I can't live with that, man. Nah, look, you don't have to worry about that, mate. All right, you can you can relax on that front. Uh, now, can I ask? Uh, you are a bit of a betting man. Um, obviously, let's project slightly forward to next week before we just do a quick, very quick summary of Eddie. Uh, what's the point differential between the two teams for this week's games? Um, obviously, the first game up in the semi-final is obviously that Argentina um, New Zealand game at the Stade de France. Um, what are you going with? You looking at the line there or what? Uh, no, I'll see if I can find it. I got um, it here. You're all good. Oh, you got but, it? Yeah, look, it's 17.5. That's a big line, Kiwi's way. Do you feel That's like- a very large line, mate. That is, oh, I reckon Argentina are getting a little bit underdone there. Like that was a huge encounter that New Zealand have come off of after have a they long their campaign. Final? Have they played their final? It's impossible for us to say all we can do is consider it in the decisions that we make, right? Mm. Or it's all we can do. Mm. Well, there's two dudes who only played 80 minutes, uh, 70 minutes. <laughs> um, but to be honest with you, where I'm sitting right now, if New Zealand were playing South Africa this weekend, I would be putting it, I'd be putting it in the Kiwis' hands. So I think the Kiwis take Billy on home. That's crazy, man. Time. Did you That's where say, I'm at. Are you saying the Kiwis are beating the Bockies? If they were playing this weekend. That's that crazy, where, That's where I would land. Absolutely. Yeah. Mate, those South Africans are out on their feet, brother. Mate, They're not on their you, feet. Mate, that is crazy. Did you bet on the weekend? Yeah. Did you win? Absolutely. That's just a lie, mate. I've seen the Twitter feed, mate. I've seen the WhatsApp group. I had a few going. Wales fucked me, but the, the South Africa winning over France got me going. 
I didn't uh, touch Kiwi in Ireland. I couldn't touch it. I just couldn't touch that one. Um, man, that's crazy. Oh, look, we have 17. The Kiwis by 17. That's a lot of points. Um, I don't, I don't look, you I just look, oh, mate, we, we've had we've had evidence of this. Hey, oh, like we get it every year. They play each other two times a year. Argentina, they put up a good fight. They 60th minute sort of comes around and the Kiwis just hit their fourth gear and the Argentina can't keep up. Mm. Like with their tries against the run of play and turnovers and whatnot, Argentina, they're just not a team that sort of holds it down consistently against a really strong outfit. You know, they'll have flashes in the pan where they'll do some great shit. They'll scrummage and ruck, but they are going, the, a lull is just around the corner. Mm. And I reckon just when it happens that many times, that's going to be the difference. Whether it's 17.5 points worth, I can't tell you, but this is going to be a Kiwi victory for sure. You're crazy if you are going the other way on this one. Oh, no, I'm definitely going for a Kiwi victory. I just don't think he'll be by 17 and a half. Like, no. like, like for a semi-final, yes, I understand New Zealand have the capacity to blow him out by 30. I get it. Um, but I'm hoping it's not in a World Cup semi-final. Uh, what's the, what, what's, what'll be interesting about this one is the minutes. What type of minutes are the big names playing? Mm. Because, uh, you know, you know what's coming up the next week. If it's sort of looking, you're ahead by 10 points, 55 on the clock, like there'll be some pretty key decisions made mm. at that point. Mm. All right, that's pretty. What's the line on um, England versus South Africa? I'm assuming but, South Africa by a loss. Yeah, thirteen point five. It's not as big as the one before. So thirteen point five. Like, make England. I don't know why fucking people are on these people. I mean, like, they're not going to win. Absolutely not. You're crazy. It's <laughs> absolutely crazy. But it's the same shit that you were just saying. Like South Africa out on their feet. They just played their Everest. Right, I'm sure that works in some way. I don't know the gods. How much do they? Maybe they need a nap this weekend. They might, they're going to have to dig deep and um and come up with something here, mate. It's no disrespect. Um, I'm English. I want England to win. Don't get me wrong. You go in with hope. The old said, "It's the hope that kills you." I actually don't have any hope. I understand where it's a two horse race, and you should have hope, and you should want it. But literally, that Bocky team, I know they're out on their feet. I know it seems like they've climbed to the top of Everest. They've reached the summit and they're celebrating because they've just beat France. However, you've got some boys in that squad who are, who want to prove a point. I expect Pollard to play because uh, he came on. I imagine him to kick his goals. And then in the 60th minute, Marnie Labotte comes on and rips England apart. Like, this is... Like, it's it's crazy um, how good this Bocky team is. And I said last week, I think they're favourites. And I think it'd be more than 13, but um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope England get up, but I don't see it. England-Argentina final would be interesting, but um, it's definitely not happening. Wouldn't uh, it? It would be a, it'd be a very interesting match, that. And you're going to lose that in the third playoff. Like, what a shit fixture that is. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but you're going to lose that edge because who gives a fuck at that point, man? Half of them will be showing up hungover. Mm. But it'd be an excellent encounter, encounter with the with a spot in the world. Cup on the line if those two came together. Absolutely. But at least Wayne Barnes will be happy because he might get to referee a World Cup final again um, if he's not in. Um, but look, and when I would be, there's been a big week because of the so the, the press conference that was, and obviously Phil Wall was on 2GB today as well. But I said to Blake today, and he shouted at me because I brought up rugby and he, I know he wants to boycott it. So he got angry at me for bringing it up. But I'm kind of over the Eddie chat. Kind of sick. Yeah, I'm sick of the circus that's coming from it. I'm kind of like, yeah, we've heard this, boys. Like, we've heard this. I'm like, well, he's doing a press conference, and then it's with, he's with that. Oh, it's not an AU press conference. It's it's his press conference, and then 
Um, Phil Warg does this speak and, and plays a very straight bat with what he talks about because he doesn't want to undermine his head coach. And I'm like, kind of over this. Um, and more stuff comes out in the UK about the fact he's definitely agreed to it, supporting Tom Decent's claims about what's going on. It's like, we're going to go another week with more drama about the fact that what's Eddie going to say next time? What's the next thing? kind of over the circus really and i know i should be angry but i'm english i'm not australian so maybe that's why i'm not angry and i'm just fed up with the with the circus i keep using that phrase but what are your thoughts about it there should be zero reason that we hear eddie's name again for the rest of the year there is no reason other than his firing should we hear that name it shouldn't be brought up Right, I know they're all hiding behind the bureaucracy of a review and we need to look up and, yeah, it was a very disappointing World Cup campaign, but there's there's no reason to hear it, mate. Uh, journos will keep doing it because it's clickbait and people want to see what crazy it, yeah. thing he said next, but there's no – it's done. It's embarrassing. You should be desperately trying to sweep under this uh, all this under the rug. Like, it's, it's terrible, mm. right? I think what's more important to talk about is – What's what do you think the review is going to reveal? Does anyone have the actual balls to make a very expensive decision? Is it the right decision? Who cares about Eddie the character? Are the boys going to accept it? If mm. the, if he still has the respect of that locker room, I, I, I don't understand sports. I, I don't understand how people can look at each other in the eye and or those boys look at each other in the eye and think that his ideas will come to fruition. Mm. They have zero evidence of it and when you have a team who have lost every game but two this year under the tutelage of this guru at some point they're going to look at each other and say this fucking dude doesn't know what's going on if they're not there already mate let's not kid ourselves we're versing the two best teams in the world again next year multiple times Hmm. what do we expect that to be that what result do you expect from that there is no way this team is ready the boys Hmm. won't see each other till next june Mm. they're not going to be we're going to have another series of terrible results more fucking shade thrown on the wallabies shade thrown on rugby people saying it's terrible it's never gotten worse everyone hiding behind a review process bureaucracy and money all caught up it's it's done he needs to on his own bat come out and say yep fuck it i'm off to japan i fucked up other than that man we shouldn't hear his name no, and the thing was, you, he, it is, he's goading. It's like he's goading Rugby Australia to to, to sack him and say, look, if you sack me, I, I go off into the sunset with a huge pay packet because i got a five-year thing. Whereas if I quit, I don't get that financial re- reward from it. As, you know, as I say, it's like he's goading it. But to give the the um, reference to another sport, um, Antonio Conte was the Spurs manager um, last year. And it got to a point where... It's clearly the players weren't playing for him. He came out in the media and, look, he took, he set them all alight with criticisms of the club and the players. And I know Eddie's not got that far, but it's clear as soon as you've lost that group, you've lost them. There is no turning back. And from an outsider, and and Harry Jones said it last week, it is clear that he has lost. Uh, well, not clear. It seems It seems likely that he's lost a lot in that group. And to your point, you can maybe win some of that back when you play against other teams and you beat them. But that's when you potentially play in the Six Nations and you beat Italy or um, you beat a poor Welsh team. But you're playing against the Springboks 
um, and New Zealand. You're not guaranteed to get them back on your side by winning that game. So I just feel it is untenable. And we've spoken about that before. But um, I thought the whole press conference on Monday was a farce. It didn't really say anything other than, as I say, just goading him. Rugby surely had nothing to do with it. That's what I mean. I'm having a coffee at Coochie if anyone wants to come for a chat. And mm. had nothing insightful to say. No, nothing. Like, the more I listen to this dude speak, I'm like, is he? What, what does he? What does he say to his team? Everything's just like Cliche. cliches mm. and idioms and fucking slang. Like that's some way of which he's representing. It's just that I, I don't get it. But no. it, it's getting to the point where it's a little bit embarrassing to be honest. But back on the point on losing the locker room, mate, he did. Mm. He did lose the locker room. That's why the boys didn't come on the trip. Michael mm. Hooper, no, no thanks. Quade Cooper, mm. no thanks. Because mm. how could you keep him? Mm. No, I, I, I agree. And look, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, with you, we shouldn't hear from him. But give it seven days. He loves the attention. He will be out. Someone would have done it. It's clickbait to use your phraseology. It is, um, and it's not doing anything to the good for the state of the game at the moment. Um, we need a, the Australian rugby needs a good news story. Whether that's the fact is that he finally quits, goes off to um, off to Japan, has this little uh, break, and then you 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 build in um, Simon Raluwi, but the Fijian coach, who's as we said, did a great job. Maybe that brings about positivity because all about men's rugby right now in Australia is negative. And as I said, I don't really want to talk about him anymore because it, it frustrates me. But something I think is good that we should talk about just to finish off this podcast is the Super Rugby uh, Western Force, the Super Rugby W um, over in Perth. Um, they appointed their first full-time female coach, which I think, and the Waratahs are currently in the process of doing that as well, uh, which is which is awesome. Um, it's crazy that we're in 2023 and that hasn't happened until now, but um, obviously um, that finally has happened, which is great. Um, the Super Rugby, once the Tars um, obviously achieved that as well, that'll be that'll be another step forward. And and the Super Rugby fi- W fixtures came out, and there's a few back to back games. You know, at five o'clock leading into the uh, Super Rugby games as well. And I think the the Tars are at Alliance, a proper stadium in inverted commas. So uh, hopefully things will continue to move forward, and that's a positive sign. Even if the Wallabies are going downhill, hopefully the Wallaroos will do really well in them in the women's 15 competition which is just starting they're just about to play the roses uh, the yeah. england team yeah. um hopefully that will be a good spectacle as well and we can talk about something positive from that even if they don't you know they're not going to win it all but at least they they <laughs> make improvements no. um that's what we that, that that's a positive we, that can be the narrative that comes out of the the sports world rather than the eddie jones debacle that is at the moment that and they need to iron out centralization brumbies are off it tars apparently yeah. in Mm. Um, Queensland, I think they came out and said they're a bit off it themselves. Yep. They're in for a little bit, not all of it. Like that shit. Once again, it's just muddy water. It's grey. Mm. What's going on? How can you come back out, announce the centralizations without having all these questions already answered? Mm. Why would you create division? Like they're just so keen on a good news story or this is what we're doing after, you know, the key players, they're not in, mate. Yeah, I know. Mental. What are you talking about? But it's, it's maybe it's for the casual fan that someone clicks on it and you read it and you go, oh, things are going well. But it's the diehard, the rugby uh, tragics that delve into a little bit deeper. But it's vision board shit. Yeah, it it's is. Fucking, You're right. If I, it's Wayne's World. If mm. I say it, it will come true. If I book them, they will come. Do you know what? Can I ask? It's um, not a movie, your, mate. 
do you know what? Last week, last week was Dumb and Dumber, wasn't it? This week is Wayne World, Wayne's World. What's the movie going to be integrated into the podcast? What's the podcast? What's the movie going to be integrated into next week? That's your challenge, mate. Movie yeah, of the week, party time, excellent. It was a great <laughs> flick, mate. I fucking love that shit. The second cut, it certainly does suck. Anyway, <laughs> all right, brother. All right, mate. Thanks for for jumping on. I know all the rugby diehards out there. I know it's been a been a hard a hard week or so, but um, go back and watch the highlights of those two uh, quarterfinals because that will remind you of why you love the game and it's one of the greatest games when it's played to the level it was on the weekend. So gives me the uh, shit, mate. I'm sitting there watching it on my phone at work, going, ah, ah, ah. everyone around me just doesn't even know the World Cup's on. They don't probably even not, know. Probably not the noise you should be making at work, mate. Just <laughs> um but we'll leave it at that um have a good week everyone and catch you later all right sex joke from you richard you're growing up i'm spending too much time around you two boys that's why (laughs) good on you all right catch you mate see you mate